Welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. My name is Chris Levine, and I am so happy you decided to take the ride with us today. If we haven't met before, which it seems these days likely we haven't, uh, my personal ethnicity is that I come from a long line of Italian and Jewish people. That said, I often joke that because of this, I can be described as a person who generally feels overwhelmingly guilty about being overwhelmingly passionate. So let me ask you this, regardless of your culture, can you relate? Uh, My guess is that if you're a person with a beating heart and a reasonably working conscience, you probably feel guilty from time to time too. That's where we're headed today. What comes over us to make us feel guilty? And why do we feel guilty until being proven innocent? Well, let's find out. Let's start with the website positivepsychology.com. Now here it tells us that, and this is pretty interesting, shame is characterized by the desire to hide and escape, and guilt is characterized by the desire to repair. Uh, Some modern commentators have argued that there are two kinds of guilt. There's a maladaptive neurotic guilt, but then on the other side, there's an adaptive pro-social guilt. So to cut it short, guilt is a complex thing, which you already knew. But WebMD adds to this by stating that the social and emotional symptoms of guilt are often hidden in your everyday actions. You may find justification for certain thoughts, but guilt could very well be the cause. So what are some symptoms of guilt? I'm sure we all know what it feels like, but just to put it out there, what are some of the symptoms? Well, being sensitive to the effects of every action. Guilt may have something to do with that. Being overwhelmed by the possibility that we may make the wrong decision. I like it It, where I pulled this from the word wrong is in quotes, so it may not even be wrong, but it may be wrong to us. Some other symptoms of guilt, low self-esteem, putting others before yourself in an unhealthy way to, to, to the level where it's completely detrimental to yourself. Obviously putting others before yourself is a positive thing but we shouldn't let it get detrimental. And finally, avoiding your full range of emotions, not allowing yourself to feel things. Maybe we can make it more practical. Let's think of it like this. You know, locally here, we had a pretty intense winter storm this year where I live. And the state that I live in, honestly, was not prepared for it when it happened. The result, many of our friends lost power for a week sometimes even more. So no hot water, no refrigerator, no lights, no heat. You get the idea. But for some reason, our place 
never lost power during this time. And while my wife and I were thrilled that we were okay and we were in good shape, we also both felt, you guessed it, a little bit guilty. Why were we okay when so many of our friends weren't? People would ask if we needed anything, and it actually felt kind of funny to say, actually, we're good. So, so the guilt outweighed the appreciation on some level for being okay during the storm. Now, this is a very minuscule example of what's referred to as survivor guilt. There, there's obviously way bigger examples. In fact, there's a big example of this in pop culture, and this is true. Uh, the musician Waylon Jennings, he was a guitarist for another musician that you know named Buddy Holly. Now, Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on the plane with Buddy Holly that crashed on February 3rd, 1959. But instead, this other artist that his real name is J.P. Richardson, but you know him as the Big Bopper. Well, he was sick. So Jen Jennings gave him his seat on the plane so that he wouldn't have to get on a bus and be cold and all that kind of stuff. Well, this was only to learn later of the fact that the plane crashed. According to the story, which seems legitimate from the sources, when Buddy Holly learned that Waylon Jennings was not going to fly, he said, well, I hope your bus freezes up. And Jennings responded, well, I hope your plane crashes. This exchange of words, though totally made in fun between two buddies, has haunted Jennings for the rest of his life. Can you imagine the level of survival guilt going on there? Number one, that last conversation. But number two, he's alive and the others are not. Now, guilt, at least to me, in more normal settings, is a little bit trickier. I mean, if I do something stupid, which happens fairly regularly, and let's say I hurt someone, but I don't feel guilty, I'll probably do it again. I may not know that I did. So it's a good thing in the sense that it works kind of a refinement into my conscience. But when it goes overboard and becomes debilitating, that's when guilt can turn bad. So to some degree, guilt is a blessing, but it also can be a curse. It can either be the fence that keeps you locked in or it can act as a protection from things that are on the other side of that fence that can hurt you, which is a good thing. So let's view guilt in both ways from here on, both in the healthy and in the unhealthy ways where it can arise and influence our lives, because really guilt is a two-edged sword. In the current study from the University of Massachusetts on the subject, it reported in Psychology Today that people investigated whether guilt and shame were associated with a long-term benefit. And it was. You know what it was? The motivation to change as a person. They asked participants to write about a time when they felt shame, guilt, embarrassment, or regret, and to specifically describe what happened, how they responded, how they felt, and what they did afterwards. They found that although recalling both guilt and shame induced a certain motivation to change, in other words, yes, it is psychologically damaging, 
it also can make you more motivated to get better. It's kind of that whole a calm sea never made a good sailor logic, which I believe to a healthy degree makes perfect sense. Another standpoint in all this is that we can be guilty completely and not feel guilty. But let's say, for example, a man has no money and he has a family and that family needs money at the moment. So he's walking down the sidewalk and he finds $1,000 rolled up in a money clip laying there. Now, he may know very well that that $1,000 does not belong to him. But will he take it? Will he turn it in? All right, scenario number two. Now let's contrast that with this. Same man goes into, say, a deli where he has known and been friends with the owner for a very long time. In fact, the owner trusts him and asks him to watch the place for a minute. This same man sees $1,000 in a bag that's destined to go to the bank and which was what the deli owner made yesterday. Will he take it? Will he, will he leave it alone? See, in both cases, the money isn't his. In both cases, someone is taking a loss. But most people would be way more comfortable and tempted by the money on the street that they don't know who it belongs to than to blatantly steal that money from a friend. Let's take this further. According to a 2013 survey by Kessler International, 52% of employees admitted to stealing office supplies from their employers. Why? Because most people don't view it as stealing in the way that they might view going to a store and slipping that same item into their jacket. It's the same action, but probably will draw a completely different level or lack of level of guilt in that person. And, you know, this has been the case for a very long time. Think about the character of Robin Hood. Now, the earliest known ballads featuring him are from the 15th century. And we know, as the story goes, he stole from the rich and gave to the poor and obviously didn't feel guilty. Instead, he's considered a hero. But the fact is, technically, he still stole. He only justified it in his thinking so the guilt level didn't weigh on him at all. In fact, his actions probably boosted his self-esteem, his self-worth, as he was involved in an activity where he was helping people, even if it also included hurting others. Uh, it's interesting. There's a similar character in Mexican culture named Jesus Malverde. Now, this folklore hero was very much like the Robin Hood character. According to legend, he witnessed his community undergo rapid socioeconomic transformation, but not everybody benefited. Most of the people remained poor. The profits of Hacienda agriculture were enjoyed only by a few elites. So what did he do? He took the matter into his own hands to level the playing fields. The result, he is celebrated as a folk saint by some in Mexico and in the United States. The motive again being honorable to him, even though he did the wrong thing, but because he attempted to right a wrong, it's probably not gonna make him feel guilty. So again, we can be guilty of something and not feel guilty. Uh, where then does all of this leave you and I in the vast universe of guilt? 
Well, let's look at it this way. Have you ever been cooking something or in your kitchen and touched a pan or a plate and then quickly pulled your hand away after touching it because you realized it was really, really hot? If you didn't feel that little heat and you grabbed it anyway for a long time, not recognizing that it was as hot as it was, you'd really burn yourself. So in a sense, that slight little painful moment saved you from a way, way worse injury. Guilt, to some degree, is similar. Now, if you knew the pan or plate was hot, you wouldn't have touched it. But you didn't know or you didn't think about it, and you did. That quick shot of heat may also make you think twice before doing it again in the future. So, so in this sense, the slight guilt can be a help and a protection. But extreme guilt, that's another animal entirely. Extreme guilt is like touching the hot plate or the hot pan on purpose because you feel you deserve to be in pain. Beating ourselves up is not healthy guilt. It usually solves nothing. It never generally repairs anything, and it hurts for no real reason. Learning the hard way is what some do, and that sometimes has to do with the life they were dealt. Still, others feel some inner need to prove themselves. They need to learn the hard way. There are a lot of reasons for this. Though not reasonable, it's their reasoning. But, but once we come to grips with the fact that we don't have to do things the hard way, and we don't have to remind ourselves of every bad decision we've ever made every minute of every second of every day, we can overcome extreme guilt. So let's benefit from learning, but avoid the wallowing whenever we can. Uh, the expression that tomorrow is another day is true. And yes, we should learn from yesterday's mistakes, but they don't have to control our today and they don't have to control our tomorrow. Especially since if you are a human being, you are going to make enough new and different mistakes to learn from tomorrow anyway. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that will joyfully awaken your audible senses in a way not unlike the ice cream man driving by your house in the summertime would. Uh, we have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Fly the Guilty Skies playlist. You can find it really easy on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash Fly the Guilty Skies. So let's see what we've got this time around. Track number one is the song Sorry by the Easy Beats. Some, some good garage music there. Number two, I Was Wrong by Social Distortion. Number three is Regret by New Order. Number four, Don't It Make You Feel Guilty by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Number five is Sorry Again by Velocity Girl. Number six is Guilt by Marianne Faithful. Number seven is Regrets by Ben Folds Five. Number eight it's, is It's My Own Fault by B.B. King. Number nine is a track called Guiltiness. It was from the Exodus Sessions 
by Bob Marley and the Whalers. It's kind of cool. One of the original Whalers used to follow our old music journalism website back in the day and was an actual advocate in recommending us in the industry. I always thought that was mind-blowing and appreciate that. Number 10, What Did I Do Wrong by Betty Harris. You ever heard her? Awesome soul singer. Check this one out. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Fly the Guilty Skies. We once again can note some awesome new listeners to our show. A big hello to our new friends in Gilbert, Arizona, as well as in Riverview and Lehigh Acres, Florida. We are so happy that you're on board. Welcome to Refresher. You guys and gals out there are all rock stars. This show would not exist without you. So if you could all continue to do me a favor and continue to pass this podcast along to your friends, that would be so great. Also, if you'd like to make a small contribution on a monthly basis, just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be fantastic. But whether you do it or whether you don't, this show is yours. Feel free to listen and enjoy and hang out with us anytime that you want to. No pressure, no worries. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive, and the song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor, and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll catch you next time.